Welcome to The Practice Podcast, a show created by lawyers to help lawyers in life and business without all the complicated lawyer language. Let's welcome Bast Amron founders and your hosts, Jeff Bast and Brett Amron. Today, we have a special guest on the podcast. We are welcoming Brett Trembley. Brett is a fellow lawyer and a fellow entrepreneur. He's the founder of Trembley Law Firm, which is a business law firm. And he has led his law firm to the Law Firm 500 list with 444% growth. And he's also the founder of Get Staffed Up, a staffing company, which I'm sure he'll tell us a little bit more about. So welcome, Brett. Welcome, Brett. Thanks for having me. It's always nice to be on with a fellow Brett or the, <laughs> the few, the proud. So I think actually this podcast should go in a different direction and we should just interview people with the name Brett. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Why not? There's so Why don't we just guys. have one that's just the two of you guys and then forget <laughs> the other Brett? <laughs> we can we're do that. Yeah. We're on to something here. Exactly. So Brett exactly. Trembley, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your background and how you came to found uh, Trembley Law Firm? Of course. So I went to University of Miami Law School, finished and worked for a small litigation firm in South Miami for three years and just kind of always knew I would do my own thing. So started the firm in 2011. In fact, this month is our 10-year anniversary. Started Congratulations. Congrats. Yeah, thank you so much. Started as a litigation firm. And of course, as you guys probably know how it goes, just me, myself, and Irene. Like I tried to do everything myself for two and a half years. Couldn't figure out how to grow. I was networking like crazy, working like crazy. And it just turns out I made the age-old mistake of trying to do everything myself. And like I didn't, I never had the money to hire someone. But the reason I didn't have the money to hire someone was because I didn't hire someone, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't free up my time and I, I didn't get that lesson. So um, finally was convinced to start hiring and firms started growing. 2014, 2015, started adding attorneys. And now we're a 10 attorney firm. And through that, it just kind of learned like, it's okay to not do everything yourself. And especially lawyers, we're really bad at this because we have inflated egos and an inflated perception of what we're good at. So we think like, I can't let anyone do anything because I'm the best at it. It's got to have my name on it and et cetera. So Get Staffed Up was founded in early 2018. So we're not even four years old when my business partner figured out he could hire a few people from overseas. And I didn't even see him for a few months. It was weird. He wasn't my business partner at the time, but we were very good friends. And he pops back up and he's got four new employees from full-time from just a different country. And I was like, man, please find me a marketing coordinator for my law firm. So he did. And we just started talking about doing this for more people. And four years later, it gets staffed up. We're already the, the biggest virtual staffing company in the legal field and just gaining a lot of publicity, notoriety. I mean, we're, we're just kind of everywhere right now. So pre-COVID, things, things were pretty good, but we had the conversation with people. It's okay to hire someone who's not in your office. It's okay to have remote team members. Post-COVID, that's not even a conversation anymore. Are you going to have a kind of the foresight to realize if you're not hiring offshore and layering that in with your onshore team, you're really missing out on the boat. Salaries are going up. It's hard to find people and your law firm can run more efficiently when you layer in an offshore component. So what yeah. kind of positions do you find or are you recruiting for and how does it operate with your clients? So first and foremost, 
lawyers, we're the worst at getting bogged down in our email. That's where we spend most of our day. We let it interrupt our day and just kind of kind of own our time. So the most popular position we do is virtual, like personal or executive assistant, somebody to free up the owner of the law firm who's just always too busy and can't get to things, can't work on growing their business. And you guys are in entrepreneur groups and you're very business-minded. So you get it, right? Like you have to work on your business in order to to have it grow or you're always going to be owned by your business. So somebody to take the scheduling, the calendaring, the emails, the communication, just protect really the owner or a partner's time. That's probably our number one sort of offering, if you will. But what we like to tell people is don't think of them as virtual assistants because we use the term because it's popular and people get it, but it's also kind of a misnomer. You think of a VA, like somebody you found on Upwork to design one flyer for an event that you have. That's not what we're doing. We're finding full-time team members. So if you want a receptionist, your phone can be answered anywhere in the world through a VoIP system, which is very easy and most firms have them anyway. My phones are answered in Mexico for the law firm. Nobody knows that. And she's knows now everyone knows it. And now everyone knows now it. Everybody. And she's well, phenomenal. Like she's really good. So client intake coordinators, success coordinators, billing clerks is a huge one. I mean, billing our time and calculating and typing in the entries and dealing with our software management system, our case management system, you can delegate those things and make your life and the attorney's lives so much better in your firm by getting help from somebody offshore who's going to do all that for you. And then a lot of marketing positions. So marketing assistants, video editors, graphic designers, somebody to basically help you be everywhere, right? Book speaking gigs and just be your assistant. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I mean, it sounds like you're not just outsourcing a project. You're actually hiring employees just overseas through you. And and do the how do your clients deal with HR? Do they pay you or how does it work? Yeah. So we remain the legal employer. So the client pays, get staffed up and we pay your, what we call a staffer, your virtual assistant, right? We're taking care of moving the money, doing the benefits, the withholding, all the HR issues. We're doing all that for you, which is a huge benefit on top of the fact that we're recruiting for you. And it's not a one size fits all, Jeff. It's not like we're just taking an application and we give that person to you. We have built a system where we're going to take at this point, I mean, we had 10,000 applications last week alone, right? So if you extrapolate that, that would be half a million per year. Usually we have about half that. So we're talking about 200 to 250,000 applications and we're only hiring about a thousand. So we have about 20 points in our application system where people fail out. And that's how we filter and get the best of the best. And that's what we hang our hat on. So a lot of people think, well, what about the accent? Well, I should mention, we're also not in the Philippines, like 90% of virtual staffing companies. We are in Latin America primarily, also South Africa. So the time zones work better and the culture and the accent works better. There are amazing, hardworking, great English speaking people in Latin America who are just dying to have steady, fun, healthy jobs, just like it used to be here until recently. Yeah. If you can, I mean, I'm, not trying to have you give away trade secrets, but how do you vet these people? I mean, I know you just kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I would imagine we were going to hire somebody to come in. Obviously, we'd have concerns about attorney-client issues and 
professionalism and everything like that, right? The outward sort of view from the public and for clients. And so how do you ensure your customer, the people you're providing to them, you know, have been vetted and, and sort of how do you do that? So at the very end, when somebody does get to the point where they've passed our three-day university, we do background checks and those are as reliable as they are here. We do reference checking and we basically go for it, if, if that makes any sense. A lot of people have that question, Brett, and it's yeah. like the idea that stay-at-home mom, because all of our people work from home, by the way. So it's such an advantage that they don't have to travel and we don't have to have the infrastructure and, and the costly overhead. But we are meeting and working with the most amazing people that you could ever imagine. People are having kids, they're getting married, they're buying houses because they're paid really well. They have good employment now. The idea that somebody's going to spend their time and work really hard and get through our lengthy application process only to hopefully steal some info from a law firm is such a rare proposition, right? If someone's going to steal from a law firm, they're going to do it via ransomware probably and do it stealthily, not kind of put themselves out there. So we haven't had in in four years any instances of theft. Just to sort of follow up on that, I mean, I I agree with you. I don't think, you know, I wasn't really or wouldn't be concerned necessarily about theft. And a lot of the, like you said, some of the positions people would be hiring for may not be in that, in a position to do that. This is a concern, obviously, anybody you hire, whether it's somebody who is permanent in your office in person or somebody you're hiring remotely, obviously, law firms have that extra added layer, right, of concern that we have an obligation to clients to protect, you know, do everything we can to make sure that their information is protected. And, you know, obviously we have backup and systems like that for the computers and everything, but with our people, like we're putting our necks out on the line. So one way we do that is first of all, emails encrypted, passwords should be protected. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if you have someone here, you don't want them to have like a secretary, private information on their laptop because their laptop can get stolen. Right. So you're right. We're not talking about direct theft. We're talking about accidents and such third parties. A lot of our clients have elected to have a system where we require very good internet connection to work for us and with us and good hardware. But what you can do is have a computer in the cloud so that none of the information is on the person's computer. It's a computer in the cloud, which can be basically blocked at any time. So even if you stole someone's computer, they're not going to know how to log in to the computer in the the cloud cloud, where all the real information is. So there's a lot of good ways yeah. Too. I don't know if any of them are perfect, but what the ABA nothing's says, perfect. Yeah, right. But then what the ABA says is you have to take reasonable measures, and I, and right. I think we've talked about it's reasonable. Yeah, agreed. Does an employer, if our firm wanted to hire someone who gets staffed up, do we interview them in the traditional way that you do? Bring three candidates and say, "Here, I have three. You want to meet them?" Or how does it work? Yeah, kind of. So we put them through a very vigorous process, as I've kind of said a few times put them through our our university. And then the graduates are allowed to be matched with clients. And when we say matched, we're not just saying, here, here's your person. We're saying, we have someone based on the criteria that you gave us during your, we'll call it a sales call. And then your what we have a great start planning session to really get into what you need for the position. And we have personality profiles that are really good at helping match that we're using. Would you like to interview this person? It's your choice. And if you say yes, then we set up the interview. If you say no, we send you the next person. So you do the interview, right? And you give us a second thumbs up or thumbs down. If you say, yes, I want to hire this person, we have a match. If you say no, 
we go back to the drawing board. So ultimately you're in charge of who you hire. We've just done, we've basically said this person's good enough to be a really good VA to work at a law firm. Now you get to decide who you want to hire from there based on your criteria. And you can do the same interview process. You can give tests. You can make your own interview as difficult as you'd like, you know, and that's the beauty of it. Great. Sounds like a really good resource. And, you know, for lawyers and law firms, it's not limited to lawyers and law firms, right, Brett? Right. We have a lot of non-lawyer clients, but as you guys know, niches bring riches and we focus on that niche, lawyers and law firms. What's been the biggest challenge, Brett, for Get Staffed Up since you guys started it? So we spent the first six months, I mean, we've really only been doing sales for a little over three years now. We Mm -hmm. spent the first six, seven months building the infrastructure. We have boots on the ground. So we've got people in different cities that help us do recruiting. And that got us to a certain level, but then scaling the business, right? Where we just within the past year have gotten to the point where we're taking the hundreds of thousand applications every year, like I talked about. That was the challenge. And then once we got over that challenge, like once we cracked that nut, all bets were off. So now we can start marketing more and and doing in-person events and really grow this thing like crazy. And again, it's not about growing because we want to grow. It's about how many jobs can we find people in the world and how many attorneys and law firms can we help who either don't hire. We all know the guy who's 30 years in and he's got one secretary, right? Or how many people can we give assistance to? I mean, you're talking about even your staff can use help with lightening the load. You know, some of our paralegals are overburdened with things, right? So there's just so many ways when you can, it's hard as we know as employers to keep growing when your overhead keeps growing with your revenue. It's just exhausting. And at some point it's like, when does this end? So if you have 10 people through us, for example, you're saving about $250,000 per year on payroll. And the price that is pre-negotiated. So you offer a candidate and you say, this is this candidate and this is how much they ch- we charge for them. And Yep. So right? we charge a flat fee per month. It's either $1,850, $1,950 or $2,050, depending if you're getting a marketing person or someone who's bilingual. That's it. That's all you pay every month. And then we take care of how much we pay the staffer and we give them raises out of our pocket over time. So your fee doesn't go up. And there's no, obviously, the other benefit to the employer, like us, is no payroll, taxes, insurance, any of those types of things. That's it. You're all in. Like Out of the fee you pay us, we're having to pay for all that, right? And really, guys, turnover crushes a business and it's frustrating. It's hard. We have a replacement guarantee. So if a staff or a VA leaves your firm for any reason, or you just, you're not happy with them anymore, again, these are humans. It happens. They're not robots. We replace them for you. We go right back to the matching process. And that cuts down on the time that it usually takes to place an ad and start asking people and start doing the interviewing. The hidden cost of hiring is about $4,800 every time you have to hire someone, not counting the time that it takes to do all that stuff. So there's a lot of reasons that this business is growing quickly. Yeah, for sure. I think this kind of business virtual hiring had hit other industries even before pandemic. Obviously, now you guys are bringing it, as you said, to, uh, to industries, but, but really to the legal field is what you found, your niche. Where do you see it kind of going from here? I mean, obviously, the pandemic has opened it up more, more people might be interested in doing this. So where do you see this industry kind of going from here? 
Yeah. So people are starting to see what we're doing and they're starting to emulate that. And mm-hmm. like, that's okay. It's flattering, right? In fact, somebody I think we all know kind of took the model and, and did it in a different industry. And it's not going away, especially because the great resignation and nobody wants to work right now. You know, I saw an article if, if, I mean, it depends on the week, but if you can make four or 500 bucks on crypto every week and you're a 20 year old, like that's so much more fun anyway than going <laughs> and working for $10 an hour, right? If we're being right. honest, right. you know, I don't want to work for $10 an hour. So we're just barely scratching the surface. One of our clients in San Francisco has had someone through up for two and a half years and has already promoted her to office manager, believe it or not. And we're not charging him anymore for that. Like you, she's getting paid more and he wanted to give her a raise, but it's limitless on who you can find once you open your doors to having worldwide talent instead of just who's within a 10 mile radius of you. Yeah, really makes most sense. So much sense. So are the big firms catching on to this or is it mostly small, mid-sized, solos? Who are your clientele? Yeah. So mostly it's our sweet spot is firms with two to 15 attorneys, because if you're a true solo and you've never hired before, you know, I had a guy who I knew reached out to me, said, I think I'm ready to hire. So we found him someone and it didn't work out. And he was so mad. He blew up and I want all my money back. And it's like, if you've never hired before, it might be surprising to you that people don't work out. So true solos, we have to work with them a little bit more. Say, so do you have an onboarding system? Have you ever hired someone before? Yeah, just a little bit more difficult. And again, I was there. It's not judgmental. It's just a fact that when you're just starting to hire, you have to learn that it takes a lot of training to get someone to do a good job for you. So firms that already have a system in place to hire, and most firms right, don't have great systems, but at least they have something. And we have resources on those things as well. That's our sweet spot. Big firms, we have an enterprise program. So big firms have, if they start it at 10 BAs through us, they have sort of different a different pricing structure, but we've only had a few firms that that's landed with. You mentioned, Brett, like other industries are doing this. A lot of big companies have been doing this for a long time, yep. but not small businesses. And so we're bringing that to the legal field. And I think, again, we're barely scratching the surface. Five years from now, I do think bigger firms will start taking advantage. But like a big PI firm, it's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer to add 30 people tomorrow. Right. Well, I know, I mean, a couple of things. One, I know there's a, you mentioned like big companies and other industries are doing it for sure, right? You you pick up the phone, you have to call customer service and you get somebody in India or another country. And, you know, I know there's been this stigma where people don't want to deal with, they say, give me somebody in the United States, you know, and there was that whole thing, this whole stigma years ago about that. I think that has changed, right? People's minds have changed on that. And I think what you're doing will help with that as well in bringing people and training them up and staffing people at firms. But I think that firms have started using, I know large firms have started using for document review as an example, right? They'll hire firms to pour through data offshore costs a fraction of what it would cost here in the United States. And so that's kind of taken hold, but what you're doing is, you know, is a completely different concept, a sort of an offshoot of that. Do you see yourselves kind of getting into that space with bringing in people for projects like document review or different projects at any point? You never know, but I would say we're 90% certain we'll never be an outsourcing company where Mm -hmm. we're training people and then you're giving us projects like that. We are going to probably 
get into other industries when the time is right. We've said no so many times and we're glad we have done that. Partnerships are going to come along. We're already starting to create a lot with bigger players in the legal field. We may turn into a recruiting just company that basically says, you want to do what we do, but you don't know how to recruit. We're going to give you those people. There's so many, so many ways to scale. But you know what we do is insourcing. We're trying to find really good people in, again, mostly Latin America and get them a really good full-time job working right. for you, not working directly for us. And that model has been fantastic. And I'll tell you, it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done when you see some of the lives that we've changed in other countries. I think it's fantastic, really. Kudos yeah. to you guys for finding this niche. And like you said, helping people change their lives. I think it's great. Yeah. And I just wanted to circle back to something you said. And you said in the beginning, you know, about lawyers, how a lot of solos end up staying as solos for so long. And even yourself, you just were so reluctant to hire to begin with. And I think that's probably the best advice we can give to people is, well, one, call you, it gets staffed up, but also hire. You know, when I talk to young lawyers or lawyers who are have started their own firm, I, that's always one of the first pieces of advice I give is hire someone now. Don't wait. Everyone says, oh, I'm waiting till I'm ready until this. No, no, no. You're ready now. If you were ready to start your firm, you're ready to have help. Day one. I couldn't agree with you more, Jeff. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of hiring someone, if you hire a lawyer and you got to pay him $50,000, the idea of, oh my God, I just committed to paying somebody $50,000, but it's not $50,000, right? I mean, the idea is you want to keep somebody and you want to keep them long-term, but it's every two weeks you have to make payroll, right? I mean, you can kind of break it down that way, but it is hard. It's sort of breaking the barrier and the bottleneck. (laughs) Once you do it and you feel good about it, I think it, like you said, People who have been in the hiring process, have hired more, have grown their practices, they're going to be a little more receptive. Yeah. And I just like to acknowledge on podcasts that from a very non-judgmental point of view, I was that guy who just couldn't get out of my own way. I couldn't hire. I was so afraid of hiring someone and not having the money to pay them. It's a tough thing to do for some people, not for everybody. But once you get over that hurdle, there's no looking back. Yeah. I think we were there, have been there when we each had our own firm and then together when we came together and formed Best Amron, I mean, I think we kind of went through that process, right? Should we bring this person on? Do we need that position filled? Should we commit to that kind of compensation? There was always that at the beginning. There was always that kind of discussion. It's natural to sort of have that. At the same time, you know, the old adage is hire slow and fire fast. But I think that speaks to just individual hires rather than the concept of hiring right. or adding people. Right. But it's still so important because to what Brett Trembley was saying before, a bad hire can be so damaging. And besides the wasted time and energy and cost, but an infectious hire can be devastating to the whole organization. They can affect other people and can be really damaging. So, well, I would say a slow fire can be just as damaging. Same right? way. Yeah, yeah, same, same way. hundred percent. So let's shift away from guest staffed up for a minute. And let's talk about what got you into this field, which is the actual practice of law. And let's talk about your successful practice you've built that you've mentioned you're sort of not spending as much time on because I think you've built it up and been so successful. So tell us a little bit about sort of what you've done and how you built it up and what areas you specialize in. Sure. And having you guys say nice things to me about my firm it is flattering because Fast Amron has such a stellar reputation in the legal community in Miami. So you guys are always one early on that I knew it was a good example. We do business law and franchise law and litigation. 
And again, for anyone listening to this, and I don't know if it's entrepreneurs or lawyers or a mix of both, but we implemented traction at our business and that allowed us to grow and like the marketing and we were working real hard on getting business. But then once we use the operating system, we were able to create a leadership team and have systems for the hiring and making sure our people were doing the right thing. The cases started moving more smoothly and things just got really well. So I spent three years developing the leadership team and just recently stepped out as the visionary so I could focus almost full-time on Get Staffed Up. Yeah, you just anticipated my next question. How do you balance the two? It sounds like you're really focused on Get Staffed Up these days. Yeah, yeah. It was like two years ago, it was one day. I carved out one day a week for Get Staffed Up and then six months later, two days. So it's been a two, two and a half year process of getting there. Thankfully, my business partner, he sold his law firm and he got out a lot sooner and went full-time. So that's how we were able to figure it out. Fantastic. Well, um, really good stuff, Brett. It sounds like you've built a great firm and now you have Get Staffed Up, which is helping other firms build great firms. And so great resource. If you're a lawyer with a solo practice or a small firm that's looking to add some staff, Brett's your guy. Really great to have you, Brett. And if anyone has any questions or wants to hear us ask Brett Tremblay, please reach out to us. If you like this episode, give us a five-star review and please share it with your friends and family. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Brett. Thank you you so much for having me. For more information on this show and other resources, visit FastAmron.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at FastAmron.com.